0: hello
1: hello or jeffrey <laughs> uh,
0: yes <laughs> how are you
1: i'm doing okay yeah it's it's so hot i don't understand what's happening yeah i did think right know? now it's
0: 245 degrees out
1: <laughs> did you know there is such a thing called a fire tornado
0: i saw something oh about it God. i didn't click on it because it like, seems like something i don't want to
1: know be about. Terrified about
0: there was the derecho also in like the midwest last week that had like crazy winds and it, yeah it,
1: also yeah, death valley it's hit good. the record 130 it's not degrees not looking good it is we're not we're doing looking great good. y'all it's not
0: looking good
1: <laughs> stay inside you look good I though i think that's the theme of 2020 just stay inside yeah yeah don't go out no that's 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 bad you should go outside but yeah, it within- eh, at the right times <laughs> at the right times yeah, yeah.
0: get some <laughs> exercise if you can and
1: Oh, I can't some fresh wait to when you can. use the hammock when it cools up. Oh,
0: it's going to be great. Yeah. Yeah. It's really <laughs> going to be great. A little bit of breeze. Yeah. Some music. It's going to be very, very relaxing. I, am, I don't want it to become fall because I like to use the pool. Yeah, but I do yeah. want it to ebb off of this crazy heat wave. It's too much. I can't go out there.
1: Yeah, it'll be nice because, so like unlike Michigan where September it's like you have to wear a jacket already, um, we'll still have like some residual mm-hmm. summer to use the pool a few more yeah, times. Yeah,
0: my family asked me last year when we moved here how late we used the pool in the year, but I couldn't quite remember. Yeah, I don't Maybe remember Maybe into either. October, but not much after that. No, no, yeah. for sure,
1: no. I can't wait for it to rain again here. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Enough about weather. (laughs) Let's talk about the weather, complain about the weather forever. What What are your feelings on snow? Snow. Just kidding.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Not much. Yeah. Not much. We should just get into it. Yeah. It's going to be a good chapter. I feel like.
1: Yeah. There's lots of little things that happen.
0: Lots of mini scenes. Those always tend to be long episodes for us. So let's hop in. One's ready. Turn to page 141, The Flight of the Fat Lady. Today's lesson is called Protected from Harm. There's a theme in this book for sure. A Brief synopsis. The chapter begins with the students engaged with Lupin as their new teacher, so much so that Malfoy barely finds any purchase while trying to insult him. Quidditch is a welcome relief to Harry, uh, who is still flustered by being denied his encounter with the Boggart and is frustrated by being denied the opportunity to visit Hogsmeade. During his isolation, Harry encounters Professor Lupin, and they discuss Harry, the Boggart, Lord Voldemort, Dementors, and Fear, as well as whether Lupin should trust the potion that Snape made for him. Hermione and Ron recount some of the highlights of Hogsmeade while trying to avoid making Harry feel worse. When they stumble upon the entrance to the Gryffindor common room, the portrait of the fat lady attacked, apparently serious Black
1: oh my goodness um yeah I had to go back to see what, what you call the chapter protected from harm um so one of the things that made me laugh at the beginning of the chapter was so Malfoy is tr- like everyone loves Lupin everyone does except for Malfoy and some of his Slytherin friends and he's like trying to insult Lupin i don't know i just i was like wait did i say Sirius or did i say lupin <laughs> i feel like <laughs> i was confusing their names in my mind uh lupin by saying he dresses like our old house elf right and it made me lol because i was like ha ha dobby is a free elf yeah
0: <laughs> he doesn't tell the truth about how dobby became free i can mm-hmm. tell you that Mike. oh yeah yeah, yeah. Like, it's it tells probably some dramatic
1: story and just yeah
0: <laughs> yeah yeah Protected from harm. I don't know. I mean, I was just thinking about how, like, I I kind of was thinking earlier about the scene from The Dark Knight when the Joker is talking to Two-Face in the hospital and he's Mm -hmm. talking about, like, how, like, there are thing, there are calculated risks in life, right? And I think that's a big theme that we're dealing with now with covid Mm -hmm like how do you deal with calculated risks and when does it become like these uncalculated risks need to be acted upon, right? Yeah. And so I think like with Harry, there's always a lingering question in this chapter, which is does McGonagall sign the paper if Sirius Black isn't in the equation, right? Does she give him, because clearly they can. Mm -hmm. They they clearly can, right? It's not like Harry's going to sue them. I don't even know if there are wizard The lawsuits. are going to see
1: them and be like, "They're not even going to know, <laughs> right?"
0: So they clearly they can. So Dumbledore could. They know the situation. Are they using it as an excuse, right? I think yes. But I think like it's a, it's a useful one because it's like, well, all the other kids are going to Hogsmeade. It's not like the risk is high enough for in general. Serious black that serious black is out. Is so gonna, like yeah. But they mask it, right? So Harry keeps getting protected, and he's frustrated by it because he doesn't agree with being protected from harm, right? And then when you juxtapose it with Quidditch, which is in itself a dangerous game, like Mm -hmm. uh, clearly there are calculated risks that are somehow acceptable
1: and Mm -hmm. others that are not. Yeah, I was going to say, like, uh, I was was going to comment that we've talked about the adults trying to protect Harry in other books, Mm -hmm. but this one is more directly a threat or a um a named threat against Harry Potter mm-hmm. rather than like the first one was just kind of like oh you find out like through the course of the story that there is actually a threat to Harry the second one chamber of secrets like yeah kids are missing cuz that for that book i was like all right y'all what are you doing close the school down like stuff is happening in your school students are being taken mug or um uh, uh yeah, Muggleborn are being taken and then Ginny Weasley gets attacked. Like, I'm sorry, how do you keep the school open through that? But that one wasn't specifically towards Harry, but this one is, which is a little like it's a little different, but also it doesn't make it less frustrating. And it, particularly what Harry thought in the beginning of this book, saying, like, I've already like faced the Dark Lord <laughs> mm-hmm. multiple times now. Like, what is this? Come on, people.
0: It is quite fascinating that right now school closures would be such a relevant topic to be thinking about but I, yeah it's just something that lingers for me.
1: Yeah.
0: Let me tell you a little bit about what I researched. So it's a lot, but mm-hmm. I thought it would be fun to just think about portraits. I know it comes later, but uh-huh. it's the title. So it's not really I relevant. I looked up the fat lady, so this Okay, go. it's not really relevant to the chapter, but I thought it would be a good time to just talk about portraits. I don't think mm-hmm. we'll have another portrait as a chapter title for the rest of the series um okay so portraits are just paintings Mm -hmm. uh, but they're magical Mm -hmm. and so the magical portrait is sentient due to enchantments placed on the portrait usually by the painter so sometimes it'll be able to use the subject's favorite phrases and imitate their general demeanor based on how the subject appears to the painter Mm. which i thought was quite fascinating Mm -hmm. so there is not a intrinsic truth to the portrait it does not capture like remember our conversation last episode about like the bog art and the mirror the paint the portrait also in that category to some extent Uh, but it's from the painter's perspective of their subject
1: i think if you i mean that's probably also connected to Portra- i was thinking about self-portraits and so like i was thinking about lockhart in particular and mm-hmm. how like lockhart would draw a portrait of himself versus mm-hmm. how someone else might draw a portrait of lockhart yes exactly <laughs> so
0: the portraits are limited in what they can say or do mm. which is interesting so there must be like very good painters you know sometimes mm-hmm. um they can move portrait to portrait which we understand and they can also visit portraits of themselves elsewhere in the world so that's quite interesting. Uh some claims about like Picasso and Da Vinci being uh mm-hmm. you know wizard portraiteers. Uh let's see. So there's a lot to go through, but I thought it might just be fun to like go through some of the known portraits. There there's a lot, but instead mm-hmm. of more details on portraits, it could just kind of fun.
1: I'm sure that lots of these will also be Wizards Unite portraits. Yeah, so I don't seem. I'm
0: gonna skip a couple okay. here and there like yeah. for spoilers and yeah, different yeah, yeah. things. One claim is that Anne Boleyn has a portrait in the grand staircase near the second floor landing, which is quite fascinating. Yeah. Uh, we know like Armando Dippet, the prior headmaster, he has a portrait in the headmaster's office as well as some other headmasters, which appears to be um, tradition. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some professors like Basil Franzak; He actually has four portraits in hogwarts in the headmaster's office by the grand staircase in the library and by the dungeons which i thought was kind of interesting like yeah. having four the Sorry, bloody
1: going back to the headmaster one that, mm. that's interesting because it made me think about you know there's like presidential portraits and like the president selects like who makes yeah the portrait yeah. i was also thinking about like what in Hogwarts and the Hogwarts headmaster's office, like what gets passed on. So like these portraits obviously seem like a thing that like, stay in there, but also like the Hogwarts pensive. And so like, if there's, you know, like what other artifacts um, or magical things preserve yes. memory sort of. Yes. All right. Sorry. No,
0: that's per, yeah, you should interrupt me. Bloody Baron has one, mm. has a portrait, which I think is interesting yeah. Yeah, near the potions classroom. Uh, Some people that I don't really know about. Uh, There's a portrait of Brutus Scrimgeour, a descendant of whom we'll learn about later, Uh uh, that apparently conceals a secret passage between the trophy room and the fourth floor. Uh, Cersei, who is, I think, a famous witch. I I can't remember exactly. But there's a lot. There's a lot. So uh, let's see. Everard we know about that was a... a Yeah, the Fat Friar has one.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because Oops. I wouldn't expect ghosts to have portraits. Right. <laughs> like, you're right. still here. I don't. I don't know.
0: Right. And then, of course, the Fat Lady. These are al- clearly alphabetical. alphabetical. This is one that I like. The Lockhart in the Defense Against the Dark Arts office and classroom, but only <laughs> during the 1992-1993 school year. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> you don't get to stay, sir.
0: Temporary. Uh, Gryffindor, well, of course, has one. But that
1: also brings up, though, that like. I'm sorry if you said this already, like people don't have to be dead. Well, we also have ghosts too, but like it's, you can have like, but it like you were saying, it's only like a limited motion of like what they can do. Right. So that's interesting. Yeah,
0: I'm not sure in my reading, I don't think I came across the question of whether if a portrait of somebody who then dies, does the portrait like become more magically imbued? Because it does seem like the portraits of dead people are maybe more important i don't know mm-hmm. hard to tell
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh yeah godrick gryffindor yeah, has some ravenclaw yep merlin has one mm-hmm. uh newt scamander has one apparently in the headmaster's <gasps> office no this turn. is the claim uh nearly headless nick which is kind of interesting as well uh finneas yeah. uh, black which we'll learn about Mm. There's some people playing quit- so it's kind of fun because I like that it's such a long list because especially visually in the movie we really get a sense of like that, that, that there's just so many of them right yeah, it just and so lines the idea the of like <laughs> them being able to move and like it's really quite fascinating it's kind of cool Yeah um but I really did like the idea that the that the uh painter had some sort of influence over what the resulting magical portrait was like Mm -hmm. i really like that i really like that
1: yeah um lots of things happen in this chapter Mm -hmm. so like we i feel like it was hard for me to identify like a major thing i think after i started talking at you earlier today i was like oh this is like i think the major thing that's happening although there's several major things that happen but we kind of have things we have like little vignettes and setups for so there's a setup of um harry going to the fat lady saying the password going in everyone's hyped and then he leaves and she's like why did you wake me up then but that setup that moment comes it's supposed to come back later to cue you of like oh hey remember the fat lady we have this password even though we've seen this multiple times already but i think that in the course of that short period of time that something happened so i kind of liked that how that was introduced um and then we have this quidditch Inspirational pep talk from Oliver Wood, who's in his last year, and you're just like even
0: gets Fred and George on to be serious for a moment. I kind
1: of feel bad because he's like, we should have, we should have had the cut for these last two years. We've been unstoppable since Harry's been here. Oh my gosh! But he's just that is setting up for something coming um, in the future. (laughs) Yeah, a little foreshadowing. Yeah, but there's (laughs) there's just like a lot that I feel like the the setups are the it's just like a little reminder of like, hey. Uh, remember these things like we we know what quidditch is we know that there's passwords uh to get into the common room so um i'll just go into the fat lady real quick so next to nothing is known about the fat lady's early life or what her name was when she was alive Mm -hmm. so we just call her the fat lady (laughs) Mm -hmm. um she was presumably educated at hogwarts and sorted into gryffindor which makes sense she's in front of the common room it's unknown when or how she died, but we know that she was a portrait by in the in the sixties because there, and I, I didn't get like the exact uh, reference moment to this, but um Molly Pruitt before she was Molly Weasley when she was a student, she returned to Gryffindor Tower at 4 o'clock in the morning after taking a late night stroll with her then-boyfriend, Arthur Weasley, and they got a telling-off from the fat ladies. So she's at least been a portrait in front of this Mm -hmm. common room since Mm -hmm. the 60s when they were students. I thought that was a cute little story. (laughs) Um, And then I pulled a couple of the known passwords, past passwords for this uh gryffindor common room we talked about this i think in a trivia question we had on stream before But the 1991 1992 school year capet draconis which is mm-hmm. latin for dragon's head uh and pig snout those are i because uh, I, I don't remember if we talked about how often they rotate the password just kind of yeah um but i mean for security purposes i would mention they're about to rotate would, it yeah. more frequently yeah <laughs> neat so um we know those for two that's harry's first year in the second year we only have one known password, Waddlebird. Um, Harry's third year, we have Fortuna Major. That's the one that we currently have, like when Harry's like he he goes in, he leaves, and then they're trying to get in, but they can't find the fat lady at the end of the chapter. And then we have I don't know, Flibbertigibbet, to gibbet. Fliber to gibbet. Mm-hmm. Scurvy cur, those are going to be passwords Mm -hmm. that we'll encounter later this year.
0: Scurvy cur. Uh,
1: Next year, we'll encounter some passwords Balderdash, Banana Fritters, Fairy Lights. There's not really like an obvious theme for me, but remember last time, last book, we talked about like the Slytherin Common Room. Mm -hmm. And what was the password? It was something like, uh, was it Pure Blood or something? It was something like, so. Yeah. Yeah, it, I don't know. The the <laughs> range of types of passwords <laughs> mm-hmm. that that can exist. Um,
0: I yeah. will, One of my favorite things is when we find out the Ravenclaw situation, how to get into the Ravenclaw mm. Tower. Many books from now.
1: Mm. Yeah, so I thought those passwords... Well, we have a couple more. We have Bobbles and Mimbulus Mimboltonia. Mm-hmm. Which apparently is the only one that Neville was a- ever able to remember. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Poor Neville.
0: Is that in Hogwarts uh Wizards Unite?
1: Uh it is,
0: right? It's isn't it the like prickly
1: Oh? Yes, that we yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes it is. Yes. Uh um, unless I'm mistaken, that's the one. Because I right? think it's but it's a transfiguration. It kinda of looks, it looks it like it transfigures a, a person. Yeah, like kinda of looks like it looks
0: a like a, cactus. like a cactus, yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, And then the the final passwords that are known in the series are in the 1996-97 year abstinence, (laughs) (laughs) dilly grout, and quid agis. I don't know if I said that right, but it's Latin for what are you doing, which I thought was an appropriate password, Mm -hmm. and tapeworm.
0: Tapeworms. Yeah,
1: those are those are just some passwords. Did somebody that sneak that
0: of, one into yeah. the Wikipedia? No. <laughs> Who knows? That's funny.
1: Uh, so we had the Quidditch, and then we have this discussion of Hogsmeade, mm-hmm. which, of course, Harry, poor Harold.
0: Yeah, I thought about doing more Hogsmeade stuff, and we can get into it, but there'll be later we'll chapters to, to yeah, talk yeah. about it more.
1: Yeah. Um, we also have when they come back. I believe this is when they come. Mm, Or wait, maybe not. This there's sometime between like the oh, it. I think they knew they were going to Hogsmeade on Halloween, so that's when everyone was kind of like excited about it. But then, sometime between then and the actual Halloween, oh yeah, because we have the date October 16th. Lavender's rabbit dies. (laughs) Binky, little Binky, Mm -hmm. no Binks. And it's really interesting the way that the scene is crafted with the dialogue. Um, of Hermione because when I was reading it I could feel that Hermione was trying to be delicate in what she was saying it was a little uh, less intense than the first day of divination class when she was just kind of like dismissive whatever and I think because Hermione is also pretty sensitive and knows like okay Lavender's crying like this is her pet but also wanting to offer a what she calls a logical perspective on this which is you could argue not comforting at all (laughs) but it is like it made me think about like dynamics that i've encountered in real life and like not knowing what to do about like
0: this will likely not surprise you Mm. or any of our listeners i'm 100 in hermione's camp (laughs) because it is not worth being comforted by Mm. a lie in my opinion mm-hmm. so especially the types of lies that we tell ourselves to get comfort so yeah, yeah i did like the fact like oh it came as a surprise then you couldn't have possibly been dreading it right that kind of type of logic was
1: a baby it's a like, baby so why would you be like, dreading it to die it
0: wasn't even that day she just found out that day so it, yes this is the whole point of the earlier one of like What a con woman looks like when it Mm. comes to Trelawney. Yeah. Where she says things that are vague enough. Yeah. That, like,
1: if you want
0: them to be true, you can make them be true. And if you think they're false, you won't even remember it because it's so vague, right? It's like.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, There's also. But
0: we know that Lavender and parvati yes, have been sort of obsessed with it so they probably recorded this date and like just wait something bad is gonna happen something well, bad is gonna happen there's
1: detail where they kind of they um i don't remember exactly how jk rowling phrased it but it was like they went it you could uh, it was like they would come out of Trelawney's office like with their head held high kind of it's it's very um tut,
0: tut hairy like oh what a shame
1: so like so many we've talked about this before but so many of like Uh, so many social issues in terms of the root can come down to like, issues of superiority complexes mm-hmm. and so like this is this is unfortunate that something like this mm-hmm. is being used in a way to be like oh but you're you know those simpletons like they just don't understand they don't know okay. like we really can see like we can see the future we can like predict right. things or whatever
0: i generally come down on the idea that humility is a pretty good virtue to have i like that dumbledore is, hum- is hum- uh, humble mm-hmm. but arrogance. You bet you got to earn arrogance. <laughs> I always think about Michael Jordan. Like, if you're going to be arrogant about winning basketball, mm. you better be good at basketball. So, like, the arrogance about this type of thing is incredibly frustrating. And that is what I believe they project when they look at Harry like, oh, we know better than you. Like, what a mm. shame. What a pity, you know, that you're too close-minded to protect yourself from these terrible things.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I was, well, yeah, I've been thinking a lot about just one of my things I think a lot I overthink I overthink social interactions like I I pick my I choose I try to choose my words wisely and I but I think ultimately one of the messy things I come into is that I want people to you know I don't know embrace the things that they know or are good at or are specialized in like that's great but for me like it should not cross into a point where you make other people feel bad because they can't do those things. This is a little different but like in a similar vein of like um like you can be or what you just said, so you can be good at basketball, but like do you need to like rub it in people's faces that you're better and, at or them or who of thing. do you say
0: it to is i think also mm-hmm. your point. I mean, if it's like other professional basketball players, then like it's a different right. dynamic. Yeah. And i think like this type of yeah, it's, it's very frustrating. I also picked up on, uh, I did not remember that Ron did this discursive move with Lavender in front of Hermione of like, oh, she just doesn't care about, don't worry, Lavender, she just doesn't care about people's pets. Okay, so and like, And I was yeah. like, oh, like here's a Again, here's the kindling.
1: Okay, that line stood out to me as well, because, and this is why I wrote down like the order of interactions that happened i forgot to talk about crookshanks and scabbers Mm -hmm. that happened before lavender and so that was a setup for this line and we'll see that later on in the book which i forget like it's so it's so in the background that i almost forgot when i because i went to go watch the movie scenes and i was Mm -hmm. like just looking up stuff on youtube and then i found other scenes that i was like Oh, yeah, that's this movie too. And so, or this book too. And so, I I uh, almost mm-hmm. forgot about how important all of these like little moments with Scabbers are. Yeah, it's like be. it's like
0: last book with Ginny. Mm hmm. Right? She's really J.K. Rowling good at making, filling out a scene with what feels like erroneous detail. Mm hmm. But eventually, we she's actually very economical with the space of her book, especially in the first three, at least, when they're, they're not particularly long books. Yeah. But she packs a ton in there. Right. And it's because most details that seem superfluous pay off. Yeah. Or they're a clear character. Just to flesh out some more characters. Here's Fred and George saying something. Here's, yeah, yeah. You know oliver saying something yeah yeah so i think Ginny in the first one and uh scab all the scabber stuff in this one
1: right yeah we didn't even i mean this chapter is about the fat lady but we don't get to it's only like the very end of this chapter it's yeah, not the yeah. main focus no, of it, it um, what about
0: the uh, lupin snape scene
1: yeah okay so i i think this is this might be connected to um what we're talking about but first in that scene Harry and Lupin are chatting. Mm -hmm. Um, He basically, Lupin is like, is there something worrying you? Harry says no, classic Harry. And then he's like, yes. (laughs) Like, I was just like, oh, yay, Harry. Go ahead. Well, there's
0: something. J.K. Rowling, again, taking advantage of something, which is that the Defense Against the Dark Arts teachers are like almost in sequence foils for each other, right? You got Mm -hmm. like bumbling... Stumbling Quirrell, who winds up being Voldemort. And then you have <laughs> Just Lockhart, who also is a bumblehead, but like it's a totally different twist. Mm-hmm. And then, like, now you have Lupin, who it's like Lupin had Lupin is a combo of Hagrid and McGonagall, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he is welcoming and warm and yeah, but also uh keen yeah and incisive when it comes to understanding people
1: yeah i rewatched this scene with harry and lupin where they're talking about the boggart and i prefer the chapter i don't know there's something about the scene in the movie so basically they're on like the bridge i remember it and he just lupin just kind of monologues a bit and right. it's not its it, it doesn't well, first of all, like there's no Snape coming in with this cauldron, and like right. I think that is important as well. Uh, but I I really liked how like the feeling of Lupin in the book feels. I mean, it's recognizable in the movie, but it feels at least from what I've seen in the movie up to this point, it, it feels slightly different. Um, I think it's important that all the students love Defense Against the Dark Arts and like are raving about Lupin and all this, and like perhaps that's also because even. Like the times that Harry has said no or like shut down or not said anything before, it's like with Dumbledore. It's not even like it's Dumbledore not that...
0: is more aloof.
1: Yeah. So yeah. it's it's interesting to think about this like the Harry's relationship with Lupin starts on the train. And so there's this very like intense moment and that's like basically the foundation of their relationship. Yeah. So it's interesting. And I think to also
0: that. like Harry I think he appreciates appreciates a lot about Lupin. Because I think Lupin is maybe, now that I'm just talking, like I hadn't prepped anything like this, but I think Lupin is maybe the best mirror for Harry that we've had in all of the stories. Mm. He's like a little shy. (laughs) He's a little, at times, like unsure of himself, but also like, very sensitive so he seems to be like empathic in the same type of way that harry is Mm -hmm. um he also gets made fun of by malfoy yeah (laughs) but but i also think like he is a reflection of the maturity that harry is probably craving Mm -hmm. harry's probably been craving this type of maturity his entire life right like this sense of like this is somebody who will watch out for me but won't necessarily sugarcoat things. Mm-hmm. He told him straight up why he didn't let oh him face that the bogart. Was, was it wasn't best. a hide. Yeah. And then he was, it seems to be uh, authentically curious about Harry's thinking about the bogart. of like, yeah, I thought about Voldemort, but then I remembered the Dementor and mm-hmm. Lupin's kind of like, wow. And so I think the whole thing, is kind of tied up in this idea of, like, Harry is outgrowing some of the ways that the adults around him are treating him like kids. Yes. Like, yeah. he should be able to go to Hogsmeade, in his opinion, at least. Right. Whereas, I think, last year, he wouldn't have questioned it. Right. The, but, like, you get this because you see how he is split now, right? It's not like all third years can't go to Hogsmeade. It's yeah. that all third years can go to Hogsmeade, except one. Yeah. And so you you have this sort of, like, He's getting tired of that mm-hmm. thing, right? In the last one, he was kind of tired. He's been tired up for a while of the fame, but this is becoming more like he's getting tired of the treatment.
1: He's like, "I'm a person." Yeah, he
0: is a person, right? My name
1: is Anakin. Yeah, no, um, but <laughs> yeah, that pilot, you know, <laughs> I think that also came out in the last chapter when we were talking about Neville and like right. what can happen to a person if you're just if you just treat. We've talked about this before. If you just treat kids as people, what can happen? The first thing
0: <laughs> I think as a good teacher is to to recognize kids' feelings as developed feelings. They they're not yeah. they've had at this point 13 years of emotions. So like they they've seen the range. Right. They maybe they even feel it quite acutely. Mm-hmm. Uh it's not as muffled as I think adults try to yeah, earmuff yeah. themselves from their own emotions. So it's like if you as the, you can see Neville in that last chapter actually settle down mm-hmm. once Lupin acknowledges. I mean, the Bogart is again just such a plot device because it it lets Lupin help the kids acknowledge that they have greatest fears. Yeah. So like, it's not like they're kids, so they just don't have greatest fears. Right. They do. Yeah. And so, what you know, just like, and then here, like, this is now we get a one-on-one time with Harry talking about the same type of revelation right Mm -hmm. i mean the idea that harry is afraid of fear itself uh you know big inference that was
1: yeah that was a jump but but, uh, uh, yeah (laughs) okay okay fear Uh, itself (laughs) so i really uh the scene with snape coming in with the cauldron we'll learn more about later but uh just It brought me flashbacks back to book one where Harry's just like, Snape is trying to murder Lupin. And I'm like, bro.
0: Well, another one. Oh my gosh. Another point for J.K. Rowling is like, she somehow finds this way of weaving the story so that you get both character and plot development at the same time. So you get to see, because I think it's another aspect of the maturity. Like Mm. Lupin is in that moment, much more mature than Harry, right? Lupin takes it all in stride. He's like, it's very, like he is not, Lupin seems to not have the sort of grudge. As we go forward, Lupin is in this scene, a foil for Snape. And but then Snape himself has, at least for my eyes, but Harry doesn't quite give him this, another opportunity to grow, right? So we have this theme over and over again of like mm. Snape kind of redeem he does these sort of weird mm. things. Like yeah. and the more you learn about Snape, the more it's like, oh well, okay, him and Lupin have some history here, but he's still do he's still doing this even if he does it coldly. Mm-hmm. So there there's that is the epitome of Snape, right? Yeah, is the difference between like his actions and kind of his motivations, and and what do you de- how do you deal with somebody like Snape is kind of a key thing of the whole series, right? But and and Lupin here gives us one. I mean, I think we've only really seen a couple of people treat Snape like Snape probably he will definitely see he has a lot of baggage and I think only two people really we've seen so far like treat Snape in a certain way like Dumbledore and maybe McGonagall mm. like everyone else is a little standoffish from him because he's standoffish I mean it just is it's a brilliant scene it's so short it's like yeah it's there's Two actually pages.
1: so I've been like focusing on like the the setups of all these things. And the setup for Snape here is at the beginning of this chapter when Harry's or whoever, I don't know if it's Harry's voice or just like third person narrator voice, but like all of uh, the kids love the Defense Against the Dark Arts. They love Lupin, except for Malfoy. Snape has been like upset ever since the bug An art lesson and Neville. just like and also kind of like... uh yeah the
0: rumors have flown but but
1: also the other detail that's listed in there is that any mention of lupin's name snape kind of has this snarl and so you're setting that up and then you have this scene with harry and you know that harry has a contentious relationship with with snape and so it's kind of like as you're reading this especially from the first time you're like oh yeah like something like what is this it seems completely reasonable harry's crazy you know connection and being like snape is trying to poison him yeah but it really reminded me so i've uh talked about watching knives out i've watched it three times already because <laughs>
0: yeah
1: i'm uh i don't know i was just studying it so it made me think about it made me question whether these stories are whodunit or following that sort of mystery type thing it's not exactly i wouldn't say that it's it's that structure because Dunnits are for that genre of mystery is typically there's a crime There's it's, no, it's typically a murder and so you're you're going through different people's perspectives, but it is like a uh, It reminded me of you know showing perhaps uh, similar scenes from different perspectives or just the idea of perspective taking and how um, if you paid attention to even the same detail, but with a different framing that it would be you would come to a different conclusion. So mm-hmm. I was like I was just in this rabbit hole of that, but th- there's no like Mystery, there's no clear mystery at this point except for where is Sirius Black or what's you know, the deal? Yeah, so it's not Black. like it's not like a specific Who who like we know who it is, but we don't quite know yes. like the full extent of the story But it,
0: it, Yes I mean, the genre discussion is a great place. Do you have more?
1: Uh, No, I was just looking at the another like type of mystery storytelling is the how done it or the how Mm. catch them. And so for that structure, you know what the crime is and you're trying to like walk through like, okay, how how did they do it? Or, you know, to the point where like the resolve is like the criminal is caught or whatever.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah
1: but yeah, they are clearly
0: awesome. mysteries mm-hmm. and there's there are similarities and differences across the book so far of like what the type of the mystery is like the first one is sort of like what's going on. i mean you even get this like who is nicholas flamel like sub mystery mm-hmm. going on the second one is quite clearly like what are these whispers that harry is hearing and like what about the chamber of secrets
1: I mean, it's a little bit like who opened the Chamber of Secrets, but that's right. not the start of the story. That's not the point, like the beginning it's clu- point
0: none of the story. Of them are. Cl- none of them are whodunit. Yeah, yeah. Because of the storytelling device, she doesn't go back in time very much. She doesn't yeah. hop time. So
1: that's another defining feature of the whodunit yep. is you have two timelines. start in the One is past timeline. So that's past leading up to the crime or the event. And then you have present timeline where usually you are switching perspectives among different witnesses. That's why the
0: detective is such a cornerstone of the who done it because mm-hmm. they're the ones who narrate the move yeah. yeah like back and forth but here like we, we sometimes get things like that yeah like we got hermione in book two with like she gets frozen but she still plays the plot device yeah, of like having yeah. the book page in her hand right of like oh will move back in time because she was frozen in time <laughs> so it's kind of useful that way yeah but i love it i mean that's i think the more that i try to write and learn about these things myself like the more i appreciate framing the harry potter books as mysteries Mm -hmm. um quite distinct from like lord of the rings which is a quest
1: journey well i I mean i guess you still kind of have like a journey but it's the the structure of it is yeah what hero's journey not is a quest, the character arcs not a quest maybe where you have something like harry has a clear goal no <laughs> that's yeah. that, not i mean not here and later I guess, maybe yeah later, i maybe. guess a vague later but yeah i agree
0: it's just really useful because to me as a budding writer like what i am picking up on is some of the more subtle things that jk rowling does in terms of again like not she's so economical with her with her scenes and what she tries to accomplish
1: yeah it's interesting and the reason why i kept talking about setup and then here's like what follows is because all of those setups are like framings for if it's supposed to cue your attention to something like the fat lady and like putting in a password or if it's uh meant to like give you the tone of something of like Snape is really grumpy these days, Mm -hmm. like, uh, what does that mean? (laughs)
0: Yeah, it seems um, simple to say, but almost certainly to write this type of thing, you have to spiral between, like, what you are trying to set up, like, the end, and then how you set it up, and, like, you kind of, I feel like she must have bounced back and forth of being like, okay, like, I need this to happen later like this is like oh wouldn't it be good if like this lupin arc with him like being shabby and everything mm. like it can we tie it in with snape mm-hmm. and then she she kind of repeatedly does that like who should be who should be the clue giver of all these like lupin clues oh snape would be most interesting you know because they're good foils for each other and it gives some sort of weird insight into them both mm-hmm. but anyway yeah good yeah. chapter
1: the chapter ends with we have sl- slash marks on the fat lady's portrait. Can't find her. And, and actually, Peeves. in the in the book, Peeves is the one who reveals to Dumbledore and, I guess, everyone else that uh, it's serious In the black. movie, it's Filch? No, in the movie, it's the fat lady. They find her. So it's more of like, you know how um, the movies yeah. are more like uh, yeah, 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 comedy-oriented? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like all the kids are there. Dumbledore comes up to the staircase, and then um, they... The, the portraits, I think, say like, "Oh, she ran over." Blah yeah, blah blah. then Filch sees, and then the all—oh no! Filch does see. Filch says she's right there, there right. and then the kids all run up the staircase. Dumbledore runs up, and then she like comes, but filch doesn't say it's serious black he just says fat ladies there right. she is behind like a hippo or some animal <laughs> and, and uh in camouflage and she says oh uh, uh the man whatever." she she speaks kind eyes of cryptically. like the devil yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Is, cryptically yeah. and she says serious black and everyone's like oh. yeah it's like you are the castle <laughs> that's a fascinating one <laughs> yep
0: so now we're getting down to it apparently serious black has been in the in the castle yeah. and attempted to get into the the uh Gryffindor common room.
1: Yep. And there's still so much more to be revealed in this book. So much more. We have to come back to Hermione. We have to come back to Scabbers. We have to come back to So all, much more. Oh my god. We
0: are surrounded by things it's, and people that are connected to Sirius Black the and we don't know. the
1: that you said is a good thing because it does come back in waves and it's kind of like, let's revisit this. Let's revisit this. And then at some point it like kind of tightens to like a point where it's like, all right, all of this. Yeah,
0: we know what the scene is, is already. for yeah. a <laughs> reason. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All Anything right.
1: else? Nope, that's all I have. Okay. One's, One's ready. It.